Welcome to the Auction Advocate, everybody, the podcast where we are all in. My name is Tavin, Communications Coordinator here at National Auction Association. Today, I am joined by our outgoing president, Sherm Hostetter, CAI, AARE, BAS, CES, GPPA, and current president, Lance Walker, CAI, BAS, CES. Gentlemen, absolute pleasure. How are we doing? I'm doing great. I didn't realize Sherman had all those designations behind his name. I'm a lot of letters. Feel very incompetent. It, a lot of time well spent, but some people say I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to dive uh, straight in on a discussion into our current state of the auction industry. We just got back from Cochran's show in Oklahoma City. It was my first one, uh, and the excitement was palpable there for me. Meeting so many auction professionals was a treat, and I think the biggest highlight for me, though, was when I was hired, we were the National Auctioneers Association, and we went through our name change at conference to become the National Auction Association. So, Lance, I'll start with you. What does this name change signify for you? Yeah, it it, it signifies how our industry has changed so much in the last five to 10 years. And uh, it, to me, it, it's more inclusive for people who, uh, they, they're they not an auctioneer uh, in that right now, what's so important in my business is an auction manager because we're doing a lot of online auctions and our five auction managers, they're, they're not auctioneers. I take that back, one of them is. So this is gonna better represent people as we've redone our membership classification to let more people in that are in the auction industry. And uh, we all know what more of these people, like wh who's doing our advertising, who's uh, setting up our catalog, who's managing the auction itself, the online auction, inputting, all that is so important. And man, Sharon, we've got some great courses coming up, don't we, through the uh, AI Institute. Yeah. New, new courses that's going to really, I, I think, uh, make our membership We'll see more value in our membership. Okay. Sherm, how about you? What does the name change signify? I'm in the same direction as Lance. It shows change in our industry. It also shows uh, uh, that we're trying to include our support team, our staff, the people that help us. And it used to be, and we were one of those years ago, that we were a mom and pop operation and it didn't take a whole lot. You know, we were basically did everything from the marketing, the setup, the booking of it, the whole bit. Now, uh, like in my office, I've got four office people, financials, marketing, business growth. So when I look at that, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more people involved. And I see that the auctioneer that used to be the person is now supported and they're no longer the person like they used to be. They, I still run my company. I still manage it but I'm not the one that they're seeing every day with the, with the advent of online auctions. They're meeting a lot more with my setup crew, with my crew that goes for the previews and the removals. If they come into the office, which we don't get much of that, but when they come in, I've got office staff there. So for me, the, the change of the name helps me to include all of my team in this profession. Plus the way we're going is, as Lance mentioned with education, we now have the education that I can get for my team through the NAA, which will make a world of difference in our level of service to the community. Awesome. So like talking about 
mom and pop shops, Sherm, generations of families have stayed in this industry. Both of you have connections to mm-hmm. multiple generations of of auction families. How do we as auction professionals reach the next generation, whether through that education or some other route? How do you, Sherm, how do you see us reaching the next generation? That's a good question, because at my age, sometimes I have a hard time relating. One of the big things for us right now is figuring out how the younger folks buy is different than my generation. So how to reach the next generation is a a good one for us, the family aspect. It's kind of just born right in us where you're now my uh, I'm the second generation. My kids are the third. And now we've got the fourth getting started and doing things. So family wise, it's just born right in us. As far as getting other young people, the, the main thing, I think, is just somehow getting them involved. And what I mean by that is if you watch somebody that goes to takes the time, money and effort to go to an NAA conference and show, once they go, they're hooked. They see what they're learning. They see what they're getting out of things, not only in the class, but in the hallways. They see the future. They see the benefits of it. And so from that standpoint, once they're around it, they get it. But I'm not 100 percent sure how to get to them other than the way you get to all of our buyers, social media. I'm not sure what the hook is, though, to get those young people involved. And as uh, Lance said uh, a moment ago, only one of his five is an auctioneer. And that's what I'm seeing is it's attracting people outside the industry because you don't have to get up and bid call to be an auctioneer anymore. So I I, I don't have a a good answer for that. I'm hoping Lance gives me a good answer so (laughs) I can go get those young people. It's funny you said that. I just talked to my son, Eric, who's in the office next door. Like Sherm, you know, Sherm has younger children in this business and they're, they're adults now, of course. But he just looked at me and said, that's something, that's, that's a good thing to think about. I'll think about it and get back with you. <laughs> Nothing popped up on him. Here's what I know. This is where they are. They're in their phones, right? We've got to reach where they are. Eric, my son, sets up an auction on his phone. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means he can do it with that. All of our auction managers are in their phones. So to me, our promotion, our advertising, just like Sherman mentioned, social media, we've got to realize when we're trying to promote the NAA, when we're trying to promote our auction business, that's where we're going to reach people is on social media. And that doesn't mean that we ignore other forms of advertising. And I'm maybe to address that a little later. I went to auction school, to the National Auction School just last week. I just took it on my own to go over there. I was really blown away by, by what I saw. I used to teach at auction school years ago, and I uh, haven't been back to one in a long time. And what I liked about it, one, was half the class was 35 and under, I, I, I'm guessing. So to me, that was good, you know, in that there are younger adults that are considering this profession that Sherman and I love so much, this profession has been so good to us. So I think maybe we are reaching them, maybe not the numbers we want, but when I saw that, like there were two 18-year-olds in there, several that were like between 20 and 30, that age group. So that, that was encouraging. Some of them were from auction families, some of them were not. Like Sherman mentioned too, it's going to have to be through social media 
And uh, just like my son, Eric, he came to the conference and show this year, was blown away by it, you know, just really benefited from it. And there is something about, you mentioned, Tavon, uh, this was a real good convention. Uh, Sherman and I have been to a bunch of them. I've been to over 40. This ranks among one of the best, the one we just had. There was a great environment. There was a great positive attitude. People, they're thinking positive, which is, which is what I like. I think we're on the right road. Uh, Taven, having someone like you on staff is good. You think like young adults do. Sure. And uh, we're going to probably be calling on you to help us with that issue. <laughs> I think hitting social media is a great idea to hit the next generation. I also think finding activities we all enjoy, yeah. um, like golf for both of you, potentially. Sherm, I know. Oh, oh, he's yeah, he's a golfer. Sherm might have had a little more experience back in the day. Sherm, I wanted to talk a little bit about golf in a way. I think the three most important things in anyone's golf game, it's not the clubs they use. It's not what country club membership you got. It's it's not the continental tire rubber that's on the sole of your shoes. It's none of that. Down to its most basic rules, it's impact, trajectory, and target. Those three things can be applied to, I think, anything in life, including NAA president. So thinking within that idea of impact, trajectory, and target, I wanted to start and ask you, what accomplishments or initiatives are you most proud of from your last year as president? If we back up one second, <laughs> where did you get impact, trajectory, and target? <laughs> um, something a golf professional taught me in high school. Well, you're right on. On a side note, and then we'll get back to your question. But I spent a lot of years working on mechanics. And I picked up this book. It was called Five Days to Golfing Excellence by Chuck Hogan. And it was a playoff of the five fundamentals of golf of Ben Hogan. Okay. And basically, it, it had no mechanical things, which is what I'd worked on my whole life. It basically said impact, trajectory, and target. If you focus on those things, your body will do the rest. And when I did that, that particular summer, now I'm in my 40s, I quit golfing professionally or whatever, but I tied or broke four course records. I finished second in the uh, state West Panameter. I qualified for the USGA Mid-Ameter and I did uh, something else. But anyhow, been a while ago. It was all because of that book. And basically what that book said was get your mind off of you, what happened last hole, what hole's coming up, all the things we do mentally, and focus on what's at hand. So uh, it's surprising that you saying that just brings back like a whole uh, list of, of great accomplishments and fun and whatever, simply because I had my mind focused the, the right way. So thank you for that. I appreciate sure. that. And it shows, you know, at least a little bit of, of actually a lot about golf to be able to say that because a lot of people say, you know, where do I put my elbow? How do I put my hand? How do I bend? You know, all the mechanical things. But what you just said is the most important because once your swing repeats, 90% of golf is mental. Mm -hmm. So back to your question again. For me, it was three things, and I, I'd like to say it was all me, but it's always a team effort and things with the board and even the EI when I was on there. But the name change to me was important because we've tried that in the past and not had much success, but we had the support of the past president. So the name change is one. Another one, 
is the PAC, the Political Action Committee. And the reason that I like what we're doing and things is as somebody that's second generation, the third's involved and the fourth is starting, I want to protect this for the future. And we have a great profession. And I think if we don't watch politically, it's something that can definitely turn our business upside down. So to me, it's very important for us to be vigilant and watch what's going on in our profession so that we can protect it and keep it going for generations to come. And then the last thing that I thought uh, to me is a real help for my company. And we worked on this with Beth Rose, Mike Fisher, Teakhouse, Swicegood. But anyhow, when I was on the EI, there's a need that I felt we had for company support. And where do you go in your area to get education about auctions for your your staff and to travel? Now, some people uh, are able to take their staff, but to travel and bring your staff there, a lot of them don't want to travel and the cost and airfare and hotels and registration just gets prohibitive. But with what we've got now with this education for our teams, I think it's, it's one of the best things that's going to help each of us grow. So that's probably my three. So Lance, I did have under uh, good authority that you are a, a four handicap in golf. You're telling me that's not correct? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. So I just got to, I got to make a note of that, I guess. Um, I am but... not a golfer. <laughs> with, uh, with those same basic <laughs> rules of impact trajectory and target in mind, Lance, what goals for the year are you looking to accomplish? Yeah, I need to change both of your thinking here, okay? When the convention was over, I went trout fishing at Yellowstone Park with my good trout fishing buddy, okay? Who I've fished with for many years. And he's good. I'm terrible, but I love it. To catch a trout, you've got to use the right bait. If you don't use the right fly, which is a dry fly, you cast it on the water, let it flow down this little stream that we were on. If you've got the wrong fly, you will not catch a trout. We as the NAA have got to check our flies. <laughs> Are we? How do we get these younger people? What kind of bait do we need to use in order to catch them, in order to get them in? Sherman and I have seen so much benefit from the NAA. Financially, relationships. You know, Sherman and I are not just business associates, but we're good friends. We've learned so much about how an alliance helps you, how you're not out there by yourself. And to me, that's what the NA does. It brings us together when we realize, boy, we're together, we're much stronger than if we stay out there and don't associate with other auctioneers. That's how you advance. That's how you learn. I have several stories, one of them I used in my acceptance speech, about how the NA has put money in my pocket, not to mention build great relationships around the country with other auctioneers. I would also be remiss, Lance, uh, to not point out how you and your wife, Terry Walker, C-A-I-B-A-S-C-E-S, have now officially become the first husband-wife duo to both serve Ooh. as any Terry Walker. Oh, yeah. You heard about yeah, her? Yeah, um, yeah, Terry served as president from 2020 to 2021 during COVID. Yes. Um, what perspective has Terry helped to give you when it comes to serving as NAA president? I watched her from the sidelines during that time. It started out with a uh, almost hurricane in New Orleans. 
and then COVID, she didn't get to do what Sherman and I have done, you know, get to travel. And yeah, I've, I've already done a little travel. I'm going to go to Alabama here in a couple of weeks. And that that's all coming up. She didn't get to do any of that. So what I've learned from her is patience. Listen more than you speak. Uh, but to take both sides of a disagreement, I can also say we've been happily married for a long, long time. And I think the reason for that is we, we do listen to one another. And that and that's what I've taken away from her. Was she? I think she was the one that started the Zoom meetings because we couldn't do, meet anywhere. Uh, she really did outstanding on that. And I, I can see, just like we're doing now, we need to continue that. That's a great way to communicate to everybody. Doesn't cost them anything. Just uh, log on and you're communicating. I think our communities we've got going that are doing the Zooms, those are great. That was started under her a lot and she i think that's to her credit really helped it to get that going we're going to continue doing that uh, because it just works so well and uh it is neat to be the first husband wife by presidential auction team she was shocked that i ran uh, because i've been putting it off and after i was director i just said you know we just don't have time don't have time so she said well i'm gonna run and which she did and then I shocked her when I said, I'm thinking about running for president or vice president because we hadn't really discussed it much. I think she'd given up on me. I'm so glad I did. I appreciate this opportunity. You really see it as an opportunity. And I'm going to enjoy listening and communicating with auctioneers across the country. Um, The nice part about uh, Lance and Terry, we call it here in Western Pennsylvania, we got a twofer. (laughs) So anytime you get... Well, Terry, you got Terry and Lance. Now that we got Lance, we got Lance and Terry. So we got two for the price of one, which I think is a great way to go. And having served with both of them, it's amazing how giving that family is to our profession and our association, because this is tons and tons of time and effort. And to have two of them go through it and still have a good thriving business, you know, they're working hard. True. From the the viewpoint of we're getting two for one, Something you brought up, Sherm, at Conference and Show was how we're going through the greatest movement of wealth in human history yes. um, from one generation to another. How has this movement of wealth changed the economic forecast of this industry? I think we're right in the, in the heart of the boomers. We're the, from what I understand, it's the largest transfer of wealth in human history. It's what I understand also is probably going to last another 10 or 12, maybe 15 years. And so what it does, it provides lots and lots of, of work for us. The value, uh, I've heard different numbers, but I've heard anywhere from 12 to $15 trillion. So it's a massive amount. And to me, the NAA and its members are at the right place at the right time in the right position to, to capitalize on this. And so there are just tons of assets, whether it's real estate, personal property, equipment, machinery, antiques, collectibles, it's all needs to be sold. And because a lot of the children of the boomers don't necessarily want what mom and dad or grandma and grandpa had and things, they're wanting to sell it off. And so who, who best can handle it? Cause we can advise them on, the things to to do, how to get things sold, how to turn it into cash for distribution, also what people to hire, 
it's just, uh, I think we're at the right place at the right time. So like looking at that forecast, basically how we're looking at this separation and this movement of wealth across generations. Lance, I'll start with you. What excites you about the future of the auction industry? Opportunity. I've never seen so much opportunity in the auction business as I do now. There are so many avenues you can go. It's much easier to specialize now than it was when I got started. And I think we're going to see much more of that. That That's my little prediction as we're going to see auctioneers finding their niche and stay, staying with it. I'm still a general auctioneer. I do estate auctions. And by the way, that transfer of wealth has hugely affected my business. Our personal property auctions have just gone skyrocketing. And, you know, it used to be just Terry and I and a couple of helpers. And now we've got a, a nice team. And so that's going to continue to happening. I think more auctioneers will be forming some sort of alliance, whether it's just one, two or three auctioneers or like Sherman and I have done, we've joined a, a larger alliance. There's strength in numbers. And I think uh, that's what the NAA helps provide that we don't even re maybe realize it sometimes when we get together a conference show or we take seminars together or go through CAI, whatever course you're doing, you make these a lot, you bonds and, and you want to work with these people. And, and so that makes us stronger. It makes our service better to a client. We have more to offer. Just this morning, I shot off an email to a company here locally that's going to go through bankruptcy. It's going to be a lot of jobs and my pitch was that we can conduct their auctions on site all over the country. And that's the strength. And if you're an NAA member, you can do that because you, if you get involved, you're going to meet auctioneers all over the country and in other countries, Canada, South Africa, and it's going to strengthen what you can do. It's going to increase your opportunities. I think real estate is just going to get more and more popular I predict that selling a real estate at auction. I'm seeing more realtors turn to that. At least they open their ears to it. They're understanding better how to bring a buyer to auction or when to bring in an auctioneer to conduct the auction. A lot of opportunities coming up. Look at what's happening in the heavy equipment industry. Mercy. I've never seen so much equipment sold in my life. And it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. Opportunity is out there. The one thing we can count on is change we're going to continue to see change who knows what we'll be doing two or three years from now uh as far as our auction what it's going to look like i don't know but every time we go to conference and show we learn about more change and i, I think that's going to be a constant in our industry the same question for you sherm it, it's family-based and, and business-based uh i really enjoy the memories of working with my parents and now I get to work with my kids and grandkids. So to me, the future with family is, uh, and as uh, Lance mentioned, we have a lot, I have 14 grandchildren, so we need a lot of room. And fortunately in this business, everybody can pick a niche or pick an area or whatever, and there's room for everybody in it. So for me, I think the future looks uh, bright because of where we're at, what we're doing, but also, I like some of the changes. And one of the ones for me is I remember getting up. Saturday was my big day for auctions. And as we grew, we started doing during the week and things. But Saturday, if we had a real good one, we tried to put it on Saturday. 
and I get up and I'd look Friday, I'd have the mobile office loaded and the truck and the topper and all this, maybe get the tent put up. It was just a lot of work. Now I can go do something else on Saturday. I can golf. I can ride my motorcycle. I can go visit somebody, you know, because it's changed to where it's online. And now we don't have to work weekends and I don't have to do those auctions in the evening. We still have things we're doing during the week, but I don't have to take everything and show up. So to me, that's one of the things that is just freed up time where, you you know, you used to work six, seven days a week. Now you can work five days a week and still get things done. So we're doing more business now, more efficiently. And it's all because of technology and how things have changed. So to me, I think the future is bright. Although I always caution, we got to be vigilant to stay on top of what changes are coming because some of them are going to be from outside forces, such as political, which we got to make sure that we keep so that we can maintain our profession for future generations. With those excitements in mind, Lance, are there any ongoing projects or initiatives that you see as critical to this organization's progress? Yes, I do. Sherm just hit on it, and that's advocacy. That's one of our cornerstones. And we have got to be more involved locally, statewide, nationally, in in what is going on uh, in the political world. The Day on the Hill is something I want to really promote to increase attendance, increase participation. My board appointed director is Addie Dow-Russell. Addie is the is her, her father, her grandfather was in the auction business, the heirs and the dowers over on East Tennessee. So to me, this is an ideal time to use her and get some ideas. She works in the political realm already. They're in Nashville with her law firm. She's an attorney who's involved in politics. We have got to, as auctioneers, express our view, make financial contributions to those who have the views that we think are best for us and our industry and our families. We can't sit on the sidelines and watch it go by. We are a small industry. You compare us to the realtors, much bigger. Sherman and I are both realtors, but the the auction industry is not as big, so we've got to make more noise. And uh, one of the things I want to do is really emphasize this day on the hill, a step it up a notch to where we have more coming. I've never been disappointed in a day on the hill I've attended. It's always been one of the things I've been interested in. Before my life as an auctioneer, I was in politics a little bit and uh, held an office. So I know a little bit about what they go through. And they listen to people who contact them. And they listen to people who contribute to them. (laughs) We've got to learn to influence our people more. And then we've got things that we don't know what's going to happen. And that's like AI, artificial intelligence. Where is that going to take us? We've got seminars. We've had some seminars on it. We're going to have more coming up. Uh, We don't know yet how it's going to affect us as a live auctioneer, as an online auctioneer. We have to stay on top of that, listen to people who are in the know and can give us some guidance on how we handle that. Before moving into my last set of questions, I just have one more that is auction industry related. I'll start with you, Lance. What are the biggest opportunities for NAA to bring success to the future starting today? The biggest opportunity for success is to continue to provide quality education. To me, my 
best game is the educational program. NAA providing these quality educational opportunities, which, which they do. This new pl platform we have coming out, training our staff, man, it's just going to be great. We have to continue to stay on top of that. And we can't let Christina sleep any at night. She has to go 24-7. <laughs> I just served on the auction institute. You do that as vice president. And, and just had a, we, we've got some great volunteers working. The NAA has to continue and even up our communication with people who want to volunteer and who will volunteer to serve. So we, we, we've got to continue our outreach to increase membership, which we're doing. We're on. We're going north instead of south, and I think this new membership program we have is going to be very important in doing that. We have other countries that want to form some sort of an alliance, and we're exploring that, and that that's exciting. The NAA, I believe, is in a great position to to help auctioneers come together and uh, as a team effort promote our business, which is going to increase our business. Sherm, how about you? Biggest opportunities? I think the average auctioneer needs education and experience, and the NAA has that. The NAA is really big on education, as Lance had mentioned, but as a new auctioneer, what do you need? You need, again, education and experience. It's hard to get experience, so you go heavy on the education, and that kind of opens things up. You network, and you see what others are doing, and it helps you do a better job for your community. If you're an older auctioneer like myself, now what I have is lots of experience, but what I also need is education. And the reason is, as Lance mentioned, our world's changing. Technology's changing. How we do things is changing. So I need to stay abreast of the education. And so because of that, I think the NAA, when you have like-minded people that are having the same situations, problems, uh, victories, defeats, the whole bit, in the same room and you can share with one another, it's the place to be. So for me, every year conference and show has more than paid for itself by attending. And again, giving me that education and experience. And sometimes the experience I get is not necessarily me doing it, but me hearing about how somebody else did it and did it well, or it was a train wreck. Uh, unfortunately, I've had a few train wrecks and I've learned more from those <laughs> than I have from some of my successes. But it's nice when you're in there sharing, getting that education, getting that experience. And then again, we take it back home to our communities and do a, a better service for them. And normally the better service you have, the better your business is going to be. And that all turns into the more money you normally make. Beautiful. I want to thank you both for sharing your thoughts with me today. Always a pleasure. I think something that is important for anybody in a presidential role, I need to see quick thinking. I start every day by asking myself an illogical question, a question that doesn't have a correct answer, because there, why would there ever be a correct answer for such a question? I'll give you guys a starter question, just so you kind of understand where this is going. So my first practice question for you, if you could create a new holiday... What would it be called and how would people celebrate it? Sherm, we'll start with you. Oh, my nerves. <laughs> Create a new holiday. Probably for me, it would have to be something around auctions because I live, eat, sleep, and breathe auctions. So I would have an auction. I don't know. <laughs> There's no correct answer. 
but we'll we'll go with your answer there. That's fine. Lance, how about you? Let's have a family fishing day. Sure. What a great way to get your family together, go together, or your company, however you want to celebrate that family fishing day. You've got time to talk. You're gonna you're gonna get your hands a little dirty. You're gonna be in the outdoors. And it's just a great way to see God's beauty on a stream or a lake or wherever you are and to bind with those people that you're with, whether it's your family, your friends, your company, whatever. Family Fishing Day. I'm going to lobby for that. Okay. Good answer. Good I'm answer. Lance. <laughs> yeah, Lance, Lance, I like the confidence in that answer. Uh, yeah. And because of that, I'm going to ask you this question right. um, to kind of bring you down um a, a peg or two how would you explain the concept of time to a talking gorilla how would i explain the concept of time to a talking gorilla you really right. did bring it down i'm, I'm gonna give mm -hmm. you credit for that how, how would i explain the concept of time to a talking you said talking gorilla that's correct okay i would need to tell him that as a gorilla time is not on your side you're not going to live as long as most of us humans so every hour counts. If you waste an hour, you never get it back. Time is a con you're living in time right now. And what's past is past. What's in the future is coming. So the concept of time for me is enjoy the moment you're in. You get 24 hours in a day. When you wake up the next day, start over again. Live your fullest as much as you can in that 24-hour time span. Sure. Sherm? I'd probably buy him a watch and get him a clock and explain that. And then I, I remember they had a study years ago uh, with monkeys and how every 20 minutes they got shocked and some could control it with the uh, a buzzer. If they hit the buzzer, they didn't get shocked or whatever. But just to give them a concept of time, I would just tell them every 10 minutes you're going to get a shock. And that way you'll understand how how. 10 minutes what the increments like yeah, yeah. okay but okay. i wouldn't want to be in the cage with him i yeah, want to make totally somebody right. outside of that cage when he's getting shocked yeah <laughs> back when i was in my golfing days something i would always bring with me for good luck was gatorade the flavor of cool blue oh yeah sure can you can you describe the taste of the color blue for me i always went with the orange uh, okay. I didn't go with the blue, but I like the orange. The blue, the re main reason why I didn't go with the blue is because it always left a mark. When the people would get it, they had blue all over their mouth and their tongue, and I didn't want that, so I went with the orange. It would be like a uh, peppermint patty would probably be a good good way to do it. Very refreshing. Okay. Lance, how about you? How would you describe the... He has the right color. Got a blue coat on. Our Memphis Tigers. First in Memphis. Blue. Blue tastes like victory. That's how I describe it. That's exactly why I chose that Gatorade for my golf tournaments. <laughs> exactly. Um, this so Lance, is Lance is good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you both here. Sherm, we'll start with you. Can you make up a word and define its meaning? Uh, yeah. Um. My dad used to want one, and it was called Sniggle Fritz. And basically, when he said you were acting like a Sniggle Fritz, 
you were doing something that you were not supposed to be doing. So, so my next step, if I didn't fix it, I was going to be uh, in trouble. Okay. Okay. Lance, how about you? Auctionees. A-U-C-D-I-O-N-E-E-S, -E -E auctionees. It's the language auctioneers speak. When we come to convention, when we meet in the groups, it's a special verbiage uh, that we, when we communicate with one another, I have a little radio show we do once a week here, and uh, I mentioned that, that we speak auctionees. It's more than just a chant. It's uh, it, we're, we're convinced about this is the best way to sell, and it's a little different language than you'll hear from other selling groups that use different types of selling methods. Auctionees is the language of the auctioneer. Awesome. If I had to pick a word, I would go, let's call it strogue matcha. And I would define it as, it's like that point when you run out of podcast questions and you just have to save the dead air by plugging National Auction Association socials. So in this time of Strug Matcha, I just want to say be sure to follow us at NAA Auctioneers on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. I can't bring myself to say X. Thank you for your time, fellas. I look forward to talking with you both soon. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you.